All right, so what I'll um, welcome to the uh, the Rebel Health Academy podcast, Barry. Um, we're super excited to have you on. Um, first off, though, I'll just do an acknowledgement to country. Um, we acknowledge the first people, the t- tr- uh, traditional owners of the land where we live, work, and recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. We pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, and acknowledge the important role Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people continue to play within the Queensland community and the world. And we are uh, coming from Gubby Gubby land. Have we still got you, Barry? Ooh. Where's Barry coming from? Barry. Barry's gone still. Struck in a pose. Is that, um, well, there, there we is. go. Yeah, man. You struck a pose there. That was real. Yeah, that was. You held it. It was blue steel, mate. <laughs> it was blue steel. Yeah, that's all right. Well, we can hear. So, I'm going to introduce Barry. Now, see if I get this right. Um, he's from South Africa. He, um, I can't remember where he grew up. Was it Cape Town? Somewhere around there? Uh. Oh, we got Barry. We got Barry look, sitting in the waiting room. Yeah, we got Barry back. <laughs> Barry's coming out, out of our Barry's. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we got three Barry's. Yeah, perfect. Look at that. There's you. Can you see yourself, Barry? Bats? I can see myself. Love it. Sorry. Yeah, 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 that's it. Sorry about that, boys. Oh, no worries. Yeah, so um, we're about South Africa. You're, um, you're in South Africa. Um, yeah. Was it near Cape Town? Was I, Did I get that right? Or oh, Johannesburg? Yeah, family, family original 1820 settlers uh, from, from Ireland to Cape Town. And um, yeah, I've got, I've, I've got a bit of a pavement special, but, but from all over the world, Italy, Turkey, Johannesburg. That's where I grew up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Johannesburg. Spent, spent some time in uh, Zimbabwe or Rhodesia, you know, depending on, <laughs> depending on who you speak to. So, folks are, uh, yeah. So, folks, both sides of the family, all ex military, um, RAF pilots, you know, um, served, served in, the, uh, in, the, in the conflict up in Rhodesia, World War II, World War, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. First, first generation not to go through the military. Yeah, wow, you broke, you broke that. Fantastic. <laughs> Came out at the right time. Nearly went in, nearly went in, and then, uh, and then uh, yeah, just, uh, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Barry, can I just say that uh, this is a real privilege, and it's a bit of a mystery for me as well. Um, Will's kept me in the dark about this podcast. we got a podcast. It's with Barry. And uh, you can basically learn about it as if you're one of the listeners. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to get to know your story and, yeah, whatever whatever comes up today. Yeah. It's a real yeah, privilege. I, I appreciate the opportunity. It, it means a lot. 
No worries. So if you can, um, yeah, oh, if you can tell I'll, me. Yeah, I'll keep finishing my introduction. I, I, oh, you're I'll still in your yeah, introduction. Yeah, I'm still introducing. Oh. Uh, yeah, Tree, come on, man. Come on, Willow. <laughs> All right, so yeah, and then um, obviously he's moved to England where I'd moved to England as well. He um, did some rowing for Pembroke. I think I better get that right. He was a rowing yeah, coach. Better, yep. Better coaching, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, a yeah. bit of coaching for Pembroke. He'll tell you about all his coaching stories. Amazing. And then um, he uh, wandered into a gym that I owned in Oxford and was looking for some work. And um, we didn't have any, any at the time. And he kept training and pestering us and kept asking us if we still had any work. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day we did. Because he's a, a a brilliant a brilliant man, and um, now we just um, yeah. Then I get to I got to know you over. Geez, I don't know how many years is it it's been now, but we've had some good yeah, deep good, good three, four years, yeah. yeah conversations, and um, you went into doing coaching athlete kids, and then are you, and I'm not sure if you're still doing that, and then you've got into men's coaching as well, and yeah yeah, 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 so. Yeah, 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 because that's when we sort of, I, I, I moved back to um, Australia, yep, and then you were starting your new vision. We sort of, our journeys started happening very similar in a similar way with our training philosophies and how we train people and the way we saw the world, and it was it's very similar, um, and um, yeah, we, we did start our journey around the same time of what we're sort of doing now. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm... I'm yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah, every, every time I see, see a post by Chad Wesley Smith from Juggernaut, I always laugh about us, like, doing a training program. We're like, oh, we'll do this Juggernaut training program. Yeah. We feel great. Let's just carry on going. Yeah. Two weeks later, we're like, eh, <laughs> hobbling around the gym. Yeah. Like, Busted nothing, ourselves. Nothing moves. No. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, let's just, just keep going. Yeah, the athlete, yeah, the right. after that athlete in us, just you just don't know when to stop, do you? You always want to push, yeah, push the boundaries yeah. until you break. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It was funny. Like um, I was, I was actually thinking back the other day because I got contacted by um, probably like I've, I've had a, yeah many great opportunities. I've been very blessed to work with some really amazing people throughout my my coaching career. And, um, you know, like I was actually asked a really interesting question by one of my one of my mentors the other day. He said to me, he said like, you know, what got you coat like what makes you go back? Um, you know, especially when you when you're struggling with motivation, inspiration, excitement about the coaching process. Why what keeps you moving forward? What's kept you in the game, you know, since you were seventeen years old when when I started my coaching business? And I was like I was like, What well, it's more it's just the excitement around someone achieving a result from coaching, you know, mm-hmm. seeing, seeing that light bulb moment or seeing that performance or, or seeing them break through a barrier that, that they put on themselves. And, that, and that, that's just what keeps me coming back. And I was actually touching base with, with one of those athletes the other day, Claire, who's um, probably, probably one of the best junior athletes I've ever worked with. Um, you know, 180, 182 centimeters tall, you know, 15 years old. It's like, yeah, I want to do some rowing. And I was like, okay, you know, and you just, you just get that, you just see, you just see the mentality, you see that physicality. 
and and she ended up winning two national titles, NCAA's in uh, in America, the higher states, you know, multiple uh, international representation for South Africa, national championships, and that sort of thing. And it's so funny, like you talk about that athlete, and you, she's doing this coast to coast from New Zealand, which is like canoeing, running, yeah. all that, and I was like, oh, you know, she's like, I just. I just can't let go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, even though it's a different sport, I can't let go. Of it. And I, I think it's a, I think it's a really important, um, you know, why I always enjoyed coaching the, the young athletes. And I, I still have a few little projects that I'm doing here and there. Yeah. With them, but it's more, you know, it, it's it's. I really feel you, you don't have to be an Olympic champion. You know, like success is different for everybody. Mm. You know, for some it's just being the best dad or just being the best welder or, you know, the, the best mum, whatever it is. I think that success is very different. But I, I really believe in engaging in physical activity from a young age because you just, you, I, I really feel it instills that thing within you to never settle, mm. you know, like even, even if you do achieve a very high level of athlete you know, uh, accomplishment. You just, you don't settle and, and that bleeds into every area of your life. You know, if, if you're aware of it, if you can, if you can develop the tools to, to have the perspective around it. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was just really exciting, you know, to be asked that question. Then I was thinking back and then I was just giggling because I was like, there's this, there's this woman who's in a very high level professional role in asset management. It's just like, I'm all in, you know, grab a canoe. She's like, oh, it's so cool to be going forwards for once instead of going backwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Running, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Were you a junior athlete as well, Barry? Sorry? Were you a junior athlete as well? Have you had a similar experience? Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. Well, I think um, I was, um, I I, I fell into rowing because my parents thought I didn't make, I I couldn't make friends, so they sent me to the rowing. In South Africa, and, I, and then you know, what happens on the rowing camp? Is it like band camp? He didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. So, who knows? <laughs> so the no, it was more a case of like I went on this rowing camp. Um, they were like, "Oh, here's this rowing machine. You're going to do a thousand meters," and I fell off the thing. <laughs> so hard and I was like what is this like it was just so hard I was like mm. couldn't breathe didn't know what the hell I was doing but they were like you're tall you'll be fine so I was like okay so I'll just go right I did I missed every single race that entire year because my coach Bruce was more interested in telling and explaining to me I don't I mean how the hell he would never get a job in today's coaching world let's just put it that way because he was he was explaining to me how to see if girls were wearing thongs or not and I was like, uh, Coach, I need to, I need to get on the water. No, 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 just, just sit there. Like, What's going on here? I was like, I was, and I was like this fourteen-year-old Catholic boy. I'm like, go to, go to confession on Sunday. I'm like, Father Wall, you know, um, this is what I did yesterday. And and after about three years of this, he was like, I'm just not giving you penance anymore. <laughs> so we just used to have these like twenty-minute chats on a Sunday in the confessional, and and the reason why I got on with with, uh, with a priest so well is that he'd been in the military here in England before you know and he was always you know he, he was a funny character he was always sneaking out of the seminary you know coming back oh you know Persian oh you got a blue eye and 
He's like, oh, I fell over doing God's work. I'm like, why are you lying to these people? I was like, he snuck out to a wrestling tournament. He's like, shh. He got fights and like, oh, really? And all this sort of stuff. Hilarious. MMA. He's a great. Yeah, so that's how I fell into the sport of rogue, really. And then I kind of just got, you know, got a little bit better. And then I came across, you know. Hang on, so let me just get this clear. So you yeah. fell into the sport of rowing by not um, making many friends and then yeah. enjoying looking and identifying which girls had thongs on. Yeah, and that's how you got into rowing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I didn't, I, didn't do any, I didn't do any races in my first season because my coach just kept yeah. like, not putting me on the water. Yeah. And I was, like, I was like, what is this? And then, you know, came back again the next year, but I had a really good mate. You know, I've made some really good mates there. Still, one of my good friends, Gus, uh, Skippy. You know, just I get you know, like within that sport, especially rowing, it's just that you know you bleed. You know, you yeah. physically and mentally bleed to to go fast. And then you know, when I was 14 years old, um, my dad introduced me to a guy that he knew through one of his work colleagues, who had uh, steered cocks boats at a very high level here in in the UK. And uh, that's when I sat down and he's like, look, I'm not going to work with you unless you're serious about this. And I was like, no, I want to go to the Olympics. That, that's what I want to do. For uh, That's what I want to do. And yeah, so I started slaving away like a, like a, like a mine worker yeah. <laughs> from the age of 14. And, um, you know, I was, I was very blessed along the way uh, to, to represent my country at an international level. And then moving into the under 23 trial period i got hit by a, a car so i broke my ankle essentially i got i got hit by, by a four by four uh, that ran a red light doing uh, 120 kilometers an hour nice. and yeah because i, I kind of went through the green light and i was like why are those headlights coming towards me <laughs> and then boom just i mean it took the front of my engine off my car yeah and the, unfortunately the passenger in his vehicle died and then I got out and I was so mad. I was like, why the hell? And I tried to punch the guy and that's when I broke my ankle because it was already shattered. I stood on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I broke it and then I was like, I was fighting the paramedics because I, I mean, I was like a, like a broke student basically. I, all the work and coaching and everything and I'm yeah. doing is going into my petrol tank and into my food bowl to, yeah. to achieve this dream of rowing. And, and I guess that was really the turning point for me where, um, you know, I was I was offered a scholarship to Princeton, um, where but they wanted me to be a lightweight athlete, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, guys, I'm 85 kilos, and I'm not even trying yet. And you want me to be what 70 kilos? I was oh, like, wow. I'm, I'm good, I'm good, yeah, I'm good. You know, um, so I just I, I was training That's with crazy. the national, uh, well, not necessarily the national squad, but essentially the the top club in South Africa that were the feeder club for the for the national team at the time. Um, I got to row with, you know, some of my heroes and some of the guys that ended up winning Olympic gold in, in 2012 in, in London. And, you know, it was great, great to set up with traveling and, and just a great um, environment to learn from these guys that, that were international level, you know, world championship, senior level, Olympics. Um, uh, but it was a long road to recovery, but it was really the point where I, I guess it was the beginning of the end of rowing for me, you know, 22 years old, broken ankle. They said I wasn't going to run anymore because of the way it had broken. It was uh, essentially broken into the joint. Mm. And I was like, no, 
just won't accept that. So I found this, you know, very, very stoic Afrikaans doctor who's like, listen, yeah, boy, <laughs> I will fix your ankle, but you will do nothing for six weeks. All right. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I sat on a, sat on a couch in a cast and, um, and then eventually, you know, got back rowing and that sort of thing. But I, I was kind of in this place where, you know, at the time, I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Like looking back at it now, yeah, you know, yeah. Like I, I was, I was, I was, I was just what we what we call in Afrikaans like a flinchat. You know, just like a, just I thought I knew it all. Um, but I was also the stuff that I was learning at university. I couldn't really see within our national training program, and I was asking questions. I was like, well. I've gone and done this and I've got faster without following your program. So why don't we try this? And I keep getting sort of pushed down. And, and it was really fortunate that I broke my ankle because mm-hmm. I got to meet, you know, I got to link back up with a very good school friend of mine, Darren, who uh, was an Olympian for weightlifting in Beijing 2008. And his dad, and, and that, that's where I learned weightlifting, you know, all the snatches and clean and jerks and all this sort of stuff. And it was just such a great environment for me because it was very controlled. You know, and, and again, looking back at it now, you don't realize it until, you know, you, you spend time reflecting on it, which we'll get to in a second. But I, w- I was getting faster doing things that weren't growing. And, and I was, you know, I was completely confused. I was like, how is this working type thing, mm. you know? Mm. And the, Andrew, and, and this is always the thing that makes me laugh about it because he was a construction worker, but he understood strength training. You know, yeah. he understood how to make people strong. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, because you guys are weak. Like your rowing ability is here, but your strength is here. Your fitness is here, but your strength. And I never, I never understood it until, you know, you, you put yourself in these environments. Mm. And then at 25 years old, um, you know, I, I decided to, to leave uh, Old Ed's Rowing Club, the sort of national team feeder club, mm. uh, just because I had a, I basically had a falling out with one of the guys there who, because at the time I was the head rowing coach for the top girls school in the country. And he had said to me, no, you have to come on this training camp. Like, don't worry, they're just chicks. Don't, don't worry about their training. And I was just like, hey, what? I was like, what are you talking about? Like, one, this is my job. And two, like, this is exactly the problem with sport. Yeah. It's, it's this dismissal of the ability. And, and, you know, I'd always been a big supporter of, of female athletes, as you know. Yeah. Um, just just because you, you have, you, I mean, we, we were creating amazing talent out of, out of this club. And I just went to the chairman. I said, look, I'm done with this bullshit. Um, I'm leaving. And, um, and I was still at university at the time. Uh, doing my sports science degree and I had uh, one of the guys from the University of Witwatersrand, the Wits University said, oh, you know, we'd really like you to come over because we've got this great crew together. <laughs> we're going to go and win the university's boat race in South Africa and we're going to go to Henley and all this sort of thing and I was like, okay, so I, you know, trained an amazing bunch of guys and then we had the wildest time together, <laughs> you know, just like training like maniacs behaving like maniacs because we were basically all of us single except for two guys and I always I, I won't mention names on the podcast but I always remember like being overseas and the two of them were like I'm going to make myself as unapproachable as possible so no girls come near me and I always remember being like why don't you just not cheat on your girlfriend <laughs> no 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 I've got to make myself as unapproachable as possible so the one guy would walk around with his sack out pretty much all the time <laughs> Which did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, except give more interest. 
and the other guy spent seven days in his one piece, showered in it, partied in it, spent uh. <laughs> <laughs> and Crazy. Stalled, but nothing did it to anyone. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, bright purple. And yeah, all just. And all <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a good crack. But, it was, you know, it was just before I left for the UK. So um, that was 2008. Um, 2009, I decided to take a break from rowing. Yeah. And then uh, someone tried to hijack me uh, just outside the university in, in Johannesburg. And uh, that, that was pretty much the beginning of my move to England because I just I just lost my mind. I was like, you know, for, excuse my French, I was like, any dude that comes near me, I'm going to fucking kill him now because I was just, I was so angry. Yeah. You know, and I'm angry, at, angry at, at, at the attempt to take something that me and my family had worked hard for. But I also believe the environment, and, and South Africa is a fin- it's a beautiful country, but it's it's very polarized. There's no middle ground. It's either all on or all off. Type yeah. thing, you know, and um, it's unfortunate because it's a stunning place. And and I, I remember like I remember a guy coming up to me and, and you know the, just stuck his like right in the window from an angle here, and he's like, "You get out of your car, you white piece of shit." And I just remember, like, I just remember, I didn't even look. I was just like, and I just, I didn't even, I should have looked. I mean, like, you think about it now. And I was like, oh, fuck off, man. And, I, and then I looked and saw the gun. And I just, I drove into it, basically, and drove through the red light and, and, and went off. And I remember the next day going straight to the gun shop in, in Johannesburg. Yeah. Where, so my, my parents' landlord for one of their businesses was this little Jewish dude, <laughs> Mr. Garb. And I was in there, I was like, right, whatever I've got to do, I, I want to make sure I get a gun because the next person that comes near me, I'm going to kill them. And, um, and, you know, I'm very lucky because my dad, um, you know, ex-military, seen, you know, being a combat medic, seen a lot of stuff you yeah. know, um, in, in the time he was in combat. And, and he just said to me, he said, look, very happy for you to have a weapon. He said, but if you pull that thing out, you use it. And just understand that if you do go to prison in South Africa, like your life is going to be hell. Like, you know, yeah. just understand that taking human life is no joke. Like, you know, you don't walk around with this thing to be a big boy and, and threaten. It's like, you take it out, you use it. And, and that, and, and I was like, yeah, fine. I'm comfortable with that. And then he said, or oh, you need to leave the country. Now, pack your stuff and go. So, <laughs> so that, I was like, okay, cool. So I just, I remember, I was like, oh, I know someone in Oxford. <laughs> and off I went. I left, I left with a backpack. Uh, I, I, I got off, uh, I got off in, uh, in Heathrow. It was minus 17. I had shorts on, flip flops. <laughs> and uh, what I thought was a winter jacket. <laughs> I walked outside. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> Went back inside. I was like, I still remember being in the terminal, like unpacking my bag, putting my clothes on. <laughs> and like people like looking, I had so much bolt-on in my bag, <laughs> yeah. which is like a dried dried meat that we had. Yeah. I was like unpacking it, putting it on. And then, yeah, I got on the Oxford tube. The bus driver was like, can you put your bags? And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I want to keep my bags with me. And he goes, you're from South Africa? I was like, yeah. 
like, don't worry, no one will steal your stuff. <laughs> Puts it in the, under, in the baggage compartment. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna sit at the front, just you know, in case. Like, he's like, done. He's just laughing at me, and I'm like, it, it was such a surreal moment because even though I'd been there in 2008, you kind of like, you know, I lived 50,000 miles away from this island, right, from yeah. the UK, and I'm like seeing things that I'd only read about in books. <laughs> I'm just like, this is madness. Get to Oxford, jump on the number 35 bus, uh, end up in Radley College. You know, I was living with. Um, with probably one of the, like, really, you know, the rowing coach, the director of rowing there, Mr. John Gearing, um, you know, and he really set me up, his family, you know, kept me with them for six months, um, yep. so I was basically working for free, I was on a visitor's visa, and I was like, well, you know, I really like this England place, and that's when I put in for a master's degree at Oxford Brooks, and yeah, then, uh, yeah, just cracked on from there, so it's been a long journey, you know, a long journey up at Fuller Point, and yeah, Oxford Brooks was blast. Um, probably not try and work three jobs and do a master's in one year again. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask anyone to try and do that. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, cool. But I, 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 every time I rocked up, I was coming from coaching, so I looked like I looked like one of the dudes from mm. Deadliest Catch. You know, I wore waterproof on, thick beard. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. And all how stuff. um? Yeah, it was a blast. How was a blast. can I can I just jump back? How <clears throat> how yeah. was your mental state? Like, obviously, you were still shaking up. <clears throat> and you got in and you got yourself a weapon and you you're prepared to use it and and yeah. suffer the consequences um and then you know your old man has told you or oh, just get out and you've gone and got out yeah. you know did you have to work on any of that mental side stuff yeah. or did that yeah, come yeah, and bite yeah. you back a little bit later yeah. and we'll figure this out yeah no it, it bit me in the Cause that's like so, that's it's pretty crazy. Like that's like almost PTSD, isn't it? A form. Yeah, I would I would say an element of it for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, but thing is, like, you don't you don't actually take time to reflect on these things until you have to, right? That's yeah, the yeah. Thing about that's it. the journey. It's like, oh, yeah. no, I'll, I'll start on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I start that new program. And you're like, shit, I need to, I'm, you know. Mm. And that that was really, you know, I think I think a lot of um, and and again, I think you know, why I take being a parent so seriously. And it's, it's not that my parents didn't take themselves seriously at all. They were very, you know, my old man was, you know, not, not afraid to hand out a crack, which you know, I don't think, that, you know, doesn't done me any wrong. Yeah, yeah. But it's more a case of, I think, I think it was the, the, the you know, I look at it now and that, I look at it now, we weren't taught at school how to be emotionally intelligent or, you know, process anything, really. Mm. It was just a... And, and, I, and I always remember... Especially if you're male. I know this is going back a bit. Yeah, it was going back a bit. It's like, okay, the only person, the only reason why I enjoyed being at school was because of my Latin teacher, Mr. Wilson. You know, I was like, here's this crazy, you know, 70-plus-year-old man walking around with condoms on his tie. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you rowers, you fornicates all weekend. And I'm like, who is this weird? Like, he's like, come here, boy. He like sit in his office and he chats to you. But then, like, I did laugh with him. And it was, you know, he never ever said to me, you just have to learn that. You know, whereas all my other teachers are like, and he, he asked me, well, why do I have to know this? No, just because you have to. Whereas he was like, okay, go and find out why. Go and explain. You know, and that, that's mm. why I love doing mm. his work because it, he allowed me to think. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a big one. You know, I think the, the suppression... 
the suppression of a lot of my anger, resent, frustration, um, regret, um, not having achieved the Olympics. You know, I, I blamed a lot of other people for that. Um, mm. my, my anger over someone trying to take my life, my anger over and, and of wanting to take another human life, that all, that all really impacted, I would say, like, I would say probably 20, 2011 to about 2016. Mm. You know, I, I was, you know, I was, uh, I mean, you know, you knew me, the 2014 period, mm. you know, 2016, like mm. I was, everyone's like, right, let's go for a beer. I was like, right, let's, let's go. Yeah. Like I would, I would just take the mentality of training into whatever else I was doing. And, and, and I still remember my wife, you know, what my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, after, she's like, you know, I've never really seen you just, you know, be yourself when we go out. And I was like, well, you know, I was like, okay, I'll do that tonight. The next day, she's just like shaking her head. She's like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, well, you said, <laughs> I was like, I, I, did, I don't know I was not to, but it was more a case of just, just, you know, I, I think a lot of it was just boiling out. So yeah. alcohol was a gateway to me just letting out that, just that animal, um, the, the frustration, the resent. But, you know, one of the big things for me yeah, is 2012. I watched guys that I was rowing with mm. win Olympic gold medal. Mm. And that really pushed me over the edge. Like I, I try to kill myself on that day, you know. Mm. Um, and, and it wasn't just, you know, I, I, I don't want to, diminish and take away from what they did it was just the final tipping point what they mm. did was absolutely incredible and they 100 percent deserved that because mm. they were willing to stick it out they 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 did that work that had nothing to do with me i was fortunate enough to to row with them you know giggle and learn and laugh and spend time with them you know really great guys amazing people mm. but the, the the thing was is that 2011 into 2012 i had submitted my passport to to get my visa switched over and the uk border agency lost my passport mm-hmm. so i was living in a one-bedroom apartment in coventry i was by myself i mean if you've ever been to coventry <laughs> i mean the arsehole of the earth no offense to anyone from <laughs> you know it's like the entertainment is poundland you know the, mm. the casino on the corner yeah <laughs> the thing. It's just yeah, like, yeah not much yeah you know it's uh it's it's a it's a hellhole Mm. And I was just in that environment. I didn't have any. I didn't have any community. I didn't yeah. have anyone explaining to me why my passport wasn't coming back. And when you're on your own, mm. and you don't have that routine, you don't have that community. You don't have. You're here, right? Mm. And all the stuff started coming up. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. The hijacking. The, the resent, the regret, the frustration of it not having achieved what I wanted to within my athletic career, um, all these little things. And then seeing those guys, I was like, I'm done. Like, no one's telling me where my passport is. I can't work. I was racking up credit card debt like a motherfucker. <laughs> you know, I had nothing. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. And, and I was like, cool, I'm out. I'm done. And, and, and I remember like the moment before I, you know, went through with what I was going to do, I, I just remember this question coming up, right? This question saying, is this it? And I was kind of like, and I, it's so weird, right? It, I mean, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds so woo-woo and that sort of thing. But I was like, 
is this it? Is this all you're going to be? Mm. And I remember like kind of like stopping and I was like, I was like, it, it, it just freaked me out. And I just sat down, I just broke down. I was just crying, mm. just crying, crying, crying. Mm. But I never really did anything about it, right? I just kind of, you know, shot it back. You know, everyone that I told that I was going to take my life were like, no, just come on, you know, just, uh, <laughs> it's crazy, right? It's like, it's like know, no one cares or they don't understand. Yeah, and it, you know, it wasn't even that. I just think that they, that because I, I use humor and being a bit of a clown, mm. most of my early 20s and, and teenage years, that it was kind of like, no, you'd be fine, right? Mm. Yeah. And it was, it was just a case of the, that not really doing anything. 2014 came around, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to come to the Athlete Center, uh, started, started my, you know, I, I never done any formal personal training qualifications or weightlifting, anything like that. I was like, well, I've worked with all these athletes and I've worked with all these people. Like, I'm not going to listen to some guy who's gone and learned technique from a book. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not doing a qualification for 300 pounds every six months or whatever. So I just, you know, I was fortunate because, you know, Will and, and, and the team at, at, at Tech, they were like, okay, we just give this guy a go. And, um, and then, you know, got into things and was fortunate enough to start working with some really great young athletes and I was still coaching, rowing and, you know, doing things there and building programs, building success in, in the different areas of my life, but it, it, I was, still wasn't happy. Mm. And then in 2016, was when all of this shit really came to the forefront for me. Was when I found out my my boy Alex was going to be born, and that's when I just said to my wife, I "said I'm not fit enough to be a dad. That's it. That I'm just not fit enough to be a father." And uh, I guess that that was that was the beginning of the wall, you know, that that would come tumbling down. Because I, I mean, look, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm an open book. I love sex, man. But like it was a it was a, a, a channel for me to to get rid of my frustration and stress, mm. my agitation, my resentment. Mm. You know, so I, I was quite happy going off wherever, <laughs> doing whatever. I mean, it's like I always always joke with my because I'm like, Jesus, thank God Tinder did not exist when I was. Yeah, I'm the same, eh? Hey. Remember you saying, have a look at this guy.
It was three, eight, four hours? Shields, Five hours?
didn't, I never told her that I tried to kill myself. Didn't tell her that we, I was so deep in debt that we were close to le- losing everything. Um, you know, and I, I just told her everything. And it was probably the first time that I've ever seen her look at me with trust in her eyes. Yeah. For the first time since we'd known each other. Um, you know, we, we'd met each other in 2011. We started dating, you know, or 2010. We met each other at the end of 2011, beginning of 2012. We were, you know, sort of, I'm not going steady or just, I don't even know what you call it, just, just dating. And, uh, yeah, we got married in 2013, but it was the first time that she'd ever looked at me with, with trust. You know, and, and I still remember that, that moment, like, really stuck with me. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, and, and, and it was just a case of just realizing. I've been basically just an arsehole for the first three, 20, what, 2016, how old am I now? 30, so first 31 years of my life, you know, I've pretty much been operating on autopilot. And, 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 that, and that's, yeah. And Barry, um, that's, um, that moment that you spilt the beans to the missus and, you know, she felt that sense of trust. That was really, that was the first time that you were being real in your life so that was mm, that was the first time that you were ultimately trustworthy because you're telling the truth look i'd always yeah i mean i'd always i'd always been very authentic within my coaching Mm. you know i'd always been very upfront with the people that i worked with but the people closest to me like you know my my loved ones because you know and again again like it's perspective right but i i'd always because I was always away for rowing and stuff like that, I'd never ever had a relationship where I wasn't cheated on. Mm, mm. So I'd always played my cards close, but in actual fact, like looking on it, it was like, okay, when am I going to see you? And I mean, when I'm away for six weeks, yeah, I was basically just a shit boyfriend. You know, I was, yeah. I was terrible. I was horrendous. So you can't, you can't, you know, and, and, and if I wasn't going to fill that gap, someone else would, you know, mm. matter of speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. You know, if, if, yeah. If you're not gonna be there and, and, and teach your kids, someone else will. will feel yeah. Like it's it's natural. You know. Yeah. Vacuum, that's it. Vacuum, vacuums are created. So, but you know, I, I was just very closed off. You know, in my in my personal space because I wanted to protect myself. And and that's really you know that that's really where I started down the, down the path of spending more time journaling, spending more time you know, just learning stuff, you know, from, mm. from just different people, you know, mm. reading about, you know, things that I, that, like, I was told at 10 years old that I would never do anything great in my life because I didn't understand maths. And this is by a teacher at a parency. And, and, I, and, and I was That's like, not helpful. Like, and I always remember at 10 years old being like, what are you supposed to do that guide us or, you know, and I remember, but again, that, that, that's a great thing. Because I remember I my dad saying to me, he said, like, what are you going to do? And I was like, fuck that bitch. And he was like, he's like, <laughs> not in that way, but I, I think like you need these things to drive you. But yeah. that willpower and that fire only has so much bandwidth. Mm. You know, there's only so much that you can do with that. And and I think that guided me for a long time that, that you know, that just I'm going to prove you wrong type thing. But the only reason why I didn't have any work in my maths book was because I'd heard my parents talking about money troubles they were having. Mm. And I was like, well, I can't see the board. So I'm not going to ask them to buy me glasses. So I'm just not going to write anything in my book. Mm. <laughs> that was my logic, you know. And it's just like, and it, it just, but no one ever asked me why I could 
see the board, you know. Mm. And and that and that's why, yeah. Get you know from that 2016 period, it was just more a case of you know like improving bit by bit every single day, learning and and just realizing. You now like this, our time it ends, man. It, when it ends, it is done. Mm. So, you know, we've all we've all got it, and what like and it really is. It's like, what are you going to decide to do with it? And, mm. and that's you know that's where I started. You know, even though I was still working with Paul and, and, and you know, I was chatting to guys that were working in British intelligence, uh, you know, they were they were showing me stuff on how to deal with PTSD and how they cleared the guys out that came back from Afghan, the Spec Ops guys and that that was mind blowing. I like, like you this guy Harry, you, you should get him on an interview. He's <laughs> he is flipping hilarious, man. Yeah. He's you know, I think twenty twenty, thirty years in British intelligence. Yeah. Um, I always, always giggle because I'm like, why are you still living in Bryce Morton? He's yeah. like, no, I really like it. Yeah, I was like, why are you lying? And he's just smiling at me. He's like, he's like I'm retired. I was like, you're a freaking spy, man. You're not retired. <laughs> but you know, he 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 taught he taught me stuff. He said, no, I'm, you're gonna cry in a second. And he showed me this um, this uh, SOAS release because he was explaining how you hold a lot of trauma and, and energy, even though it's a sexual energy muscle. Yep, yep. You hold a lot of trauma. Sorry about the doggy. And I was like, oh, no, no, it's cool. I'm surprised mine's not roaring like a dragon in the background. <laughs> <laughs> the happy house is yeah, no, with no, a dog house. Yeah, it was more a case of like, it was, you know, like, I was like, oh, my psoas muscle. I mean, I knew what the psoas muscle was. And mm. It's, you know, use in sports and all that sort of thing. But he, you know, how much emotional trauma you hold there. Mm. And he had me doing this, like, blueprint position. I just started crying, man. I, like, uncontrollable. I was like, I'm trying to stop. And he's just laughing at me. He's just standing there laughing at me. He's like, yeah, hey, we use this on guys that are, you know, off in faraway lands doing cultural facilitation. And, uh, you know, causing coups and all that sort of stuff. And when yeah. they come back, this is how we, we clear up the emotional trauma. Um, so, you know, I was like, oh. so I spent a lot of time learning from from all these people, mm. you know, uh, and, and then, you know, looking more into business. And, and I just, I, I really, you know, anyone who's ever had a reason to, to take a step back from their life and, and one, realize you don't have a lot of time. No. You know, you don't have a lot of time. What do you really love doing? You know, like, what do you really love doing? And, and what is your version of success? And and, and that's, you know, those are questions that just sat there. And I just, you know, since then, uh, and I've read, I just read everything I can because I love to learn and I love to mm. understand. And, and, you know, it was really a case of, of you know, Yes, taking life seriously, like take it very seriously, but at the same time, like don't survive it. You know, I'd, I'd spent 25 years of my life surviving it because of programming, not not because anyone that had taught me or been around me, not because they're bad people. That's just what they understood. Yeah. You know, how to raise a child or how they understood <laughs> to deal with money or how yeah. they understood education should be. That's just their conditioning. But it, yeah. Even when you. Back even, um, you said like uh, with your strength and conditioning and in the national team or, or yeah. when you're coaching, you're doing something different that was working better and the system yeah. said no and they were didn't listen to you. And, exactly. Yeah, shut you out. And, exactly. Yeah, it's just systems yeah, everywhere. I, I think it's, yeah, and, but you know, 
but see, the thing is, it's, it's like you can either you can either be miserable and upset and and, and you know mm. take that personally. Yeah. Which I did at the time, but like looking back, it's the best thing ever. Like it wouldn't have led me here talking to you awesome dudes. You know, yeah. Like if, if you hadn't have just that door, and mm. and that's the thing, right? And that's the thing is, is is especially with the guys that I work with inside Project Relentless, we you know had guys that we've worked with, multi billionaires, I mean, other guys that are like you know, I need help. I'm in a hotel room with five hookers and a bag of cocaine, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know, just like slow down, yeah, you know. And it's like, and it, it's 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 perspective, it, mm. you know, the the ability to step back is ultra important, and and that and that's really. You know the the basis of of where I was in 2016. I just had no tools, had no skills on how to deal with how I felt mm. about my past, how I felt in the moment, mm. how to interact with people without you know being like. And, and and here's the thing, right? That that's why I always push the guys that I work with to go and speak to people that are. On, on different levels, whether they are monks, whether they are um, hypnotherapists, whatever it is, because you really do uncover things about yourself. And, mm. and you know, one of the prime examples with Harry, he said, mate, you'd be perfect in the spec ops for us because you're a hammer. Like you just, you just go and hammer things. It's like, but that's not very useful inside your personal relationships. Mm. And I always, uh, you're yeah. absolutely right. You know, it's <laughs> like, you need to learn how to hold your tongue, you mm. know, and, and, and it, you know, like I'm, I'm not perfect by any means. Like no. every day, I fuck up, man. Like, yeah, we all do, eh? It's just it's taking time. Yeah, it's just taking mm. time. And I think I think that was the biggest thing. I spent so much time rushing around, you know, that I never ever took time to check in with how I felt. Mm. Was I doing things with intention? Was I doing things to a very to the, to the fullest of my potential? Was I excited about it? You know, and, and granted, like, you know, you can't be excited about everything, but you can, you know, I, I always, always, you know, always, always say like anyone that's done anything significant or anything great, they've all been in the pit. They've mm. all, they've all been mm. in that place where they've got to make a decision mm. where I can be a bitch, blame everyone, or I can, even though I'm bored, I can find a way to be excited about where I'm at and, 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 and move. Yeah. I think, and, yeah. So I, I just. Yeah, I just ended up working with a lot of busy guys, you know, busy business owners and business professionals, some of them former athletes, you know, who kind of have made money and they realize, well, what's the point? I've got all this wealth. I have no connection in my relationship, I have no connection in my family. I'm distracted. I look like shit, feel like shit, you know, um, help, basically. Mm, mm. Especially with so, um, those sports. Really yeah, especially with sports really people and... We've um, all been there. Because um, you always like, you have to be selfish, don't you? You have to be selfish yeah. in some circumstances when you're playing elite sport to get to where you want to be. And, you know, and it stays with you. And it's like, you know, a, a sports club or a team um, <clears throat> don't show you how to be normal and think for yourself because they don't want you to because you're, you're in that you're in that machine and you need to listen to what they say, be where they, be on time, be here, be there, eat this, eat that, um, play a particular yeah, role. It's, it's, actually, mm. it's quite yeah, bad. You know, it's something that, that my wife and I were actually talking about last night, right? Um, 
like I was she, she just started training again after us uh, after having our third boy and uh, fair play like, Marta fair play yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we got Alex Alex Danny and Eric they're all savages man. <laughs> I love it, no, I love there'll it. be even more so savages great. out in those mountains oh man mm. I love lo- like and that's a you know to me being a dad is another business like it, it, I take it flipping seriously you know like mm. Mm. It, it's you know it's to me it's the opportunity to put out good people mm. like, like I have an opportunity to put three good people out in the world I don't control everything but I can give them values and principles to you know to go out into the world with yeah I hear you brother um, I hear you yeah and it's it's you know and it's it's like a like we were talking about it last night you know because like randomly she you know she's asking me about a physio that I used to work with and I was like yeah no I don't you know I just don't have any contact because it just it just wasn't a good fit anymore and that sort of thing and mm. I was like you know just inside the coaching relationship it, it, you know especially and, and it's a line that I've never crossed plenty of opportunity to do but especially when you're working with athletes to become emotionally involved because you know it is it is a there is an element of manipulation and, and like sadomasochism there I mean you, you're pushing them to the limit and you're seeing them at their lowest you're seeing them at their highest mm. and you know you know what buttons to push, and it, it you know just it's just a, a, a line that I've never crossed. But it's also you know like you you see in that environment like you know I look at it now and I'm like man you know there 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 was like not not from a place of regret but it's, it's I'm able to bring it into the coaching process mm. now that I have. There's so much opportunity to teach them how to operate outside of that elite environment. Yeah, you know, like you, you can't, mm. you can't be a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Not all your in life. Your relationship. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, sure. Go into the boardroom. Go, you know, go wild in the boardroom, mm. you know, or, mm. or you know, in your in your business. Like, but but you, you can't you can't just take that same mentality, and it, you know, and it, it's uh, it's it's difficult. You know, like I've, I've worked with a lot of a lot of athletes, and, and you know, the biggest struggle that they have, uh, working with a with a multiple Olympic champion right now. Just like I realized the other day, I was old. It's <laughs> like this is someone who's won like multiple world championships at the elite level, been undefeated for like eight years. Mm. You know, two Olympic gold medals, one silver. I mean, like serious underachiever. And it's like I realized I'm old. Like I can't go hard at it all the time. Mm, mm. And I was like, yeah, but but there's always that demon inside that's saying to you, come on, just take on another project or be part of another board or like, yeah, yeah. You know, do something else. And, it, it, you know, but again, I really feel that that's necessary for us. You know, um, I, I, I really, you know, if, if we settle, I really believe we're done, right? That, that satisfaction of being settled mm. and comfortable, that, for me, that that is, I, I would say that would be, you know, if, if yeah, if I had yeah. to die, because um, see what I could have been if I hadn't settled, that would be hell for me. Yeah, I, I've spoken about this before. It's like people looking forward to retire. And like looking to just stop yeah. doing stuff, and I'm like, what the hell? Like that, like I couldn't like, I wouldn't use the word retire. Yeah, yeah maybe I don't work as much like in a business or whatever. But man, <laughs> you got to stay. You got to keep going. Like you look at the centenarians that like you know that you look at, and you always see like you know they're still working on the farm when they're eighty. This like it might not be as intense, but they're still out 
doing stuff, working with the land, just being being in a good community, like you said, like, you know, if you're not in a community, like, you're you're bubble. Yeah. I think that connection to the land is very important. Mm. You know, like, I I look at my old man, like, he retired, like, six, seven years ago. Yeah. Retired my ass, man. He hasn't stopped building. He hasn't stopped farming. I'm just like, now he's doing, like, manuals for, like, this other business. I'm just like, you know, like, I just laugh because he's like, oh, I'm so looking forward to retiring. I was like, Bullshit, you are. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, not gonna, you're gonna stop. Work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you just, but you know, like I, I really believe that I, you know, I wouldn't have the work ethic that I do if I hadn't seen him do what he did. Mm. You know? But is he doing he, stuff he, he loves just, doing know, now? Yeah, man, he's making chili paste and growing granite dillos. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. You know, it's, it's you know, like I mean, like there was a period of time. I mean, my dad literally worked himself to death at one point. Mm. Um, he, uh, he, you know, between the ages of 14 and 17, I didn't really see him. Like he would leave at four o'clock in the morning and come back at 12 o'clock at night. Mm. And he did that for like three, four years until he ended up having basically three quarters of his colon removed. Mm. It was, you know, a big colon removed because mm. of just, you know, uh, diverticulitis and stress and just all the bullshit that came with being an executive in a company. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like. There's absolutely nothing wrong with money. Money is a necessary medium. It's really the energy that we give to it. It's absolutely necessary for freedom, experience, you know, uh, mm. helping uh, around the house and helping others and that sort of thing. But he just got to a point where he's like, it's Christmas Day and we're visiting him in intensive care. Mm. And he's just like, I'm done. And on Monday, he phoned his boss. He's like, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm done. And he took a job, you know, big pay cut, working in logistics, helping people, building other people up into other careers and, and doing all sorts of stuff, meeting cool people. And then he decided to retire uh, down down the coast uh, of South Africa, about three hours outside Cape Town. Mm. It's like mid little community. It's just like, it's like gin distilleries, ice cream shops, like butcheries, coffee shops, and like 3,000 people that live there. And then it gets like 50,000 in the summer because mm. everyone has like homes down there. Yeah. But they just, they just, now they, they got like solar panels and they do all their own gardening and it yeah. hasn't stopped. You see? Yeah. I think, I think and that's, that's the, that's the main thing. Like, mm. If I hadn't seen that work ethic growing up, I wouldn't have put the shifts in that I did, you know, the, the five o'clock in the morning, the four thirty in the morning, the one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But there's and something, it, there's something good about that, that it does for you mentally. Like it does, it makes you mentally tough. You, you, you learn how to grind it out. And I think that's the problem today is yeah. kids don't, do yeah. that anymore like they're a bit more entitled yeah shall i say yeah i agree um the you know don't get me wrong there's still outliers that will put the work in and, and do it um but yeah. yeah it's just changed a little yeah, bit I now think, yeah i think um, if, look i mean i'm i'm in a weird place as a, as a as a dad of three young boys you know i've kind of got to embrace the technology but at the same time still teach them you know yeah sure you might have amazon prime but that's not how, that's not our life is. Our life is not Amazon. Oh, I want this Amazon Prime bank. You know, mm, mm. that's not life. No. <laughs> and I, I just, you know, and I've been guilty of it. I've been guilty in the past looking for shortcuts, taking shortcuts as, as we all have. Mm, mm. Um, but it, it, you know, I, I find that's the biggest thing that, that as a dad, I have to constantly keep, you know, front and center of my mind is, is like, there's no shortcuts. And, and the, and the, while the 
rest of the world is you know distracted with you know miming on TikTok and all this other bullshit. Mm. <laughs> like I want to, I want to be giving my boys skills. You know, so mm. I'm, I'm already using apps to teach them coding, and you know they they're learning logic and all this sort of thing. And, and but at the same time, keep them active. You know, so so jujitsu is 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 amazing. Um, you know, I know I know it's a bit of a fashion right now. Mm. Um, Danny doesn't like it. He he prefers boxing, much to his mother's delight. Yeah, <laughs> he loves it. It's yeah. so funny because like his big brother, his big brother's like, "Come, Danny, let's do." And I'm like, Alex, you do jujitsu. He's been watching people strike for yeah. months. Yeah, and different. He cracked it straight right, bang, straight through the guard. <laughs> and Alex is just like, "Come again, come again." Oh, what did you got? <laughs> yeah. I was like, so of all the, of, you know, so the, look, I, I, I really feel, you know, the, the, the jujitsu, the, the martial arts mm. discipline, it doesn't have to just be jujitsu. It could be Kyokushin karate. It could be wrestling. I, I really, I really feel the biggest impact that that has is, is on uh, just dampening the ego, mm. you know? Just dampening the ego and, and and just conditioning you to just go, hey, you know, like I, I could arrive here one day and get put to sleep by a girl, mm. which I did. At Sixty-five mm. kilos, a girl put me to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that it, it's just and, and I, I think it's a tremendous, mm. a tremendous uh, sport to carry over into life. So I can put this in context. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop you here, just so I can put this in context context around the same time that barry um had alex and he had this um you know went and saw paul and he was coming back and you were changing your life jiu-jitsu yeah. you started then and that played yeah. so yeah, just yeah. To, so you get yeah. that context of how much yeah, this yeah. plays so a role in, in yeah. your life yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and you went on and did great stuff with always, it as yeah, well i mean i've always been involved in combat sport as a young kid mm. so church school that I was at, the, the priest that was there, you know, was good mates of mine, he was always rugby, boxing, wrestling, so I'd always come from that background, and, and it's really funny because, like, like now, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's funny, right, yeah. it's funny, he's like, right boys, <laughs> wrestling, he's yeah, like, you're like, right, I wonder, I wonder how this would play out in the 2020s, <laughs> yeah. and it's, but, you know, to be fair, it was, it was a good, you know, it was like, yeah. Oh, Mm. That's where we were, there was a field flipping, you know, yeah. that grass that's yeah. clumps. Yeah, yeah. Cut it as fucking spikes. Spiky, yeah, yeah. Spiky, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Landing on that stuff, no shoes, you know. And, um, yeah, but it was like, I think the, like, it, it's weird because the combat sport, like, like I almost felt like when I started jiu-jitsu that I'd really found my athletic calling, you know, because I was never really big enough as a, as a rowing athlete. And I wasn't, you know, as a heavyweight, I wasn't big enough. Also, I don't believe that I was skilled enough to row at that level. But as a lightweight, I would have just been ill basically all the time. Mm. So, you know, and um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's just really hard to explain with, with jiu-jitsu. I mean, it's more that one of the things that keeps me coming back is because it just entertains me. Like there's, there's counter to the counter to the counter and that mm. just blows my mind. Like to another planet it's just like how you know like there's just more and more stuff being invented all the time 
to the point where guys have been to, who've been doing it for 30 years are now relearning mm. from their younger generations. Mm. They're just like, how are you doing this? You know, mm-hmm. which is mind blowing. It's, it's fantastic. But it's, you know, for me, it's just really, a, I, I really feel, you know, uh, in our society today, masculinity is something that is shunned. Mm. You, you are made, you know, to being a man is something that's looked at as, you know, are you, you, you have women in the kitchen and, you know, they have these roles and you have, no, like being a man is, to me is, is number one, leading in your family. That does not mean, I mean, my wife is as independent as they come, as independent as they come. Mm wants her own career and like I think part of the reason why we got on with each other so well was our first date she was like look I just want to let you know I'm independent and I don't need your money and I was like we are going to do just fine <laughs> and, was like, and she had so much food and I was like great I get to eat like I eat so I was like this is brilliant you know? <laughs> um, but it, it still within that is, is lead within your family mm. um, you know and, 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 and that, that lead your kids be an mm. example like you can talk to your kids and tell your kids but telling is just shit selling yeah they learn by action yeah they, they watch they, yeah. they're watching show it like show them show them how to treat a woman how to respect a woman like yeah. you know i never got shown any of that you, all you i respect other people yeah you know? even please thank you yeah, I had to. Like I had to yeah. learn off TV and off all the uh, you know sports stars who are going around and playing around and stuff like that. You know, that's what you see and you think, oh, that's normal. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it, and it was you know, but still within that, I mean, it's it, like I stuffed up so many months and years of my relationship just by not understanding mm. what my role was. You mm. know, it was very confusing. Like you see one thing yeah next thing there and, and again you learn a lot from what's going on around but I, I've you know already in your relationship like you you, you you know a woman is 70% female energy and yes there's 30% testosterone in there or you know male energy and men are 70% and 30% female mm. but if you're not if you're not trustworthy if you're not leading if you're not protecting if you're not um, if you're not uh, nurturing and supporting, mm. you know, like, you know, you, your woman will assume that male energy mm. because she is protecting. You know that, you know, her her role is to protect her young and 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 you know be the core of the family. And if you fuck with that, and you've got two male energies, that man, that, that's why there's combat. You know, the, the, mm. that's why there's combat in, in a relationship. And I, you know, I was scribbling notes from this like relationship lady and I was like, this is brilliant. And (laughs) I couldn't believe the relationship that she had. And, and, you know, and I was, you know, I was just, she was saying, look, I've had three failed marriages and I'm sitting at a notepad going, and I'm supposed to learn what from you now? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, no, no, no. Like my, the whole thing is that I was running these big companies and, you know, all these pub franchises and all that sort of thing. So I was dealing with pretty rough people. So I had to assume a male energy, but then I just took that male energy back into my relationship, mm. and that never, that never worked. You know, I never assumed the female role, and it, and it's just it, it, for me that that male energy is it, it's, yeah, for some reason it's offensive and not allowed, and you know, um, it blows my mind. I'm mm. just like, yeah, it's crazy. Isn't yeah, it? you're, you're, crazy. Just, yeah, it's, it's, it's very weird. Mm. You know, it's very weird. 
I'm offended by it. I'm going to cancel you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Barry, I'm interested in knowing, um, you talked about earlier how important it is to define success and what that means to you. And we're getting into your relationship and who you need to be as a man and you know, how you want to bring up your yeah. kids. And I'm just wondering how you tie this all in together. Does it come into a, a statement or a paragraph or if, can you give us a bit of a bit yeah. of an idea on what it is think, for you? I think for me, yeah, the success, the success to me uh, is unbeatable mind, unbeatable body. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a relentless pursuit. It, it will never end, you know, and, and it's, you know, the, and, you know the, the success as well, um, you know, it's, it, it looked, don't get me wrong, in the beginning, I was like, my head was like, money, money is success, you know, yeah, it's a vehicle, it's freedom, yes, it's important, but for me, it's family and health, right, mm. like, if, if I don't have a connection and presence in my family, I've failed, mm. you know, I've failed, especially if I choose to ignore what I, if I know that I'm not present, that I'm not connected there, that to me is a failure. You know, if, if I know and I still choose not to do anything about it, that that's a failure. And, and in my body, uh, you know, that the, uh, like I always look at it as you know, the three channels. You know, that I've got the three channels: business, family, vitality. And inside of those, there are many, many buckets. But you know, that that's really where I'm at right now. Success to me is doing everything I can to fill those buckets up in those three channels to the best of my ability. Mm. And, and if that means, you know, that, uh, yeah, like, and, and, and it, it freaks people out, but I'm like, I always, like, if I, like, I know, like, I'm very, if I die tomorrow, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Mm. You know? mm. like I'm, I don't, I'm not, I'm not scared of it. I, I meditate very often on my death. And, and what does my death look like? What do I want to have done? And, and it's, and, and you come back to that question on success, right? And and I, and I think many people can be freaked out by because I got I got to do all this stuff. Like, dude, even if you get eighty percent of it done, even if you do eighty percent of whatever you wanted to do with your life, that's still freaking incredible. Mm, you know, mm, it's, it's amazing. Mm. So why not set you know like yes, be realistic, but why not set hard things that you have to struggle and grow through, and, mm, and mm. you know have to take some steps back to reevaluate. But if you if you can keep operating you know from that vision you know and and and, and that's and that's where i fell into the trap in the in the beginning in 2016 mm. was my success was very much motivation based mm. instead of inspire you know, like what inspires me what yeah. excites me you know like yeah and, mm. and, and, and you know i don't know if you guys can relate to that yeah man oh totally yeah your take on it like um when i started thinking like it's funny that you say that like you know as soon as I started thinking like that, well, like, you know, what, like, how can I inspire someone? Not like, it's not about me, it's how I can help someone else in the community. Like, you know, here's this little bit of information I can give you to go, it could change your life, you know? And once I started doing that, and it was to someone else, and it wasn't about me, my ego, like, look at me, look at all the, all the crap that I know to make you amazing. As soon as it was just like, who cares, here it is, here's a gift. Yeah. Um, impact. Mm, mm. Impact over income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, then it yeah. comes. Yeah, like for me, yeah, I totally um, 
can relate, buddy. Like, and, I, and, and it probably got, it's probably got more deeper since I started doing this podcast and, and being around um, Tristan. Like, like even that just being uh, just that one. Everyone has everything, and abundance yeah. will come. And there's like you know, there's no shortage. Like we will, like as a group and a collective group together, we will Absolutely. create more together. But we're just yeah. so. That's so, that's so interesting. Focused about um. Because you guys made it. You guys made it in the gym, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. And then, so just like, what, what's your take on it? What, what's your take on on success? Like, where where are you at in your journey with it? Yeah, I'm, I I'm not interviewing. I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Like, it's it's good, man. <laughs> no, I'm I'm interested. I'm happy to share. I um. Yeah. Like you, I think, you know, I've grown up trying to prove myself. I've been a professional tennis player or sort of skirting around the edges, oh. want, wanting to be a professional. Um, let's not get yeah. the language wrong. Um, but yeah, that was what I dedicated my life to, was being the best tennis player I could. And um, yeah, I've had a lot of hang-ups on that for the last probably 10 to 14 years. You know, that never came through for me. Amazing. And then I got into CrossFit and I ran a CrossFit gym for eight years um, after a little bit of floating around in the middle and, and that was awesome, you know, that was all an opportunity to serve the community and put myself second and go out of the way for my members yeah. to try and grow something special. But it was also an opportunity to like, yeah, try and create some real real wealth and stability for me and my wife and um, and sort of step up as a man in that space. And um you know, then it was just that constant battle of like, oh, fuck, I'm such a failure still. Like, you know, never really able to notice my success, yeah. no matter how good it got and how much the gym yeah. grew and how much money we were making and all the ways in which we were yeah, helping. Yeah. I was giving that away to everyone else. I was like, you're amazing. You did that. You're so fantastic. Mm. And um, it's just been this constant evolution of like, oh, what, yeah. what is success for me? Is it money? Is it... Like yeah. other people achievement, you know, is it people patting you on the back? Is it people taking photos of you? Um, yeah. and, and it's just evolved and you know, now it's, yeah. I think now it's just service and, and living a, as content as I can be from a space of peace, you know, yeah. not adding more right. stress and more fear to the world. <laughs> yeah. More stuff to the place. Just in what, just in flow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. yeah. 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 And just, just as a side note there, I'm a huge Pat Roth fan. Oh, I grew up playing tennis as a massive Pat Roth fan. I was like, I was, and, and you talk about like, like other, I was like, the girls like that dude. And I was like, yeah. I said to my parents, like, I'm going to grow hair like Pat Roth. And my dad was like, the fuck you are. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, that dude's getting all the chicks. Yeah. But, uh, he was amazing. I loved watching Pat Roth and competitor of note. Yeah. You know, competitor. Massive. That, that's really interesting. Eh? Mm. So, and, 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 that, and that brought you to, to where you were and where you are now. Mm. now uh, you know, I think that, you know, there's, there's so much stuff that, you know, like I, I'm constantly looking back on through my coaching and, and mm. all the people that are helping. And, 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 you know, the, and uh, again, question, you know, the, it, it's something, it, it sits at the top. Like I, I have, I have this like OCD thing where the, every 90 days I'll start a new journal and I write the same quote on one page and then another, and there's two quotes all the time. And the one's about Mike Tyson. You know, he's like, he's pretty, um, you know, infamous. Um, 
amazing character. Mm. And you know, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Mm. That, that goes on the, on the first oh, one. Wait, the second one is, like is, uh, is, a quote by, is a quote by Tolkien. Um, you know, like I'm a bit of a nerd. I love, I love Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and all that sort of stuff. I've read like all the books and Game of Thrones is, uh, you know, it's cool, but it's, it's not Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, Tolkien, like funny enough, he wrote part of the book in South Africa in Hogsback and also did a lot of work at Pembroke College. So there's a lot of his, um, oh, yeah. uh, in Pembroke College in Oxford and there's a lot yeah. of his paintings and stuff that I've, I've seen in, you know, parts of the college that I was allowed to, to go into. And uh, there's, you know, there's a quote that we have. It's like, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that's given us. Mm. Mm. And, this, you know, and I, I always look at that and I'm like, it's, that is, like life is, life is simple. Is it that hard. simple? Really? <laughs> no, it is. It's simple, it is, yeah. But it's hard. It's hard. Mm. It's and hard. yeah. I, I, really, I really believe that the, that the hard part, the hard part is where many people don't want to go. You know, oh, you know, I'm going to the same job year after year. Mm. I hate it. Mm. I'd rather be doing this. Oh no, but I can't do that because you know I've, I've still got to rock up to the country club, and I can't do that because I still need to pay for this holiday home. And, you know, and yeah, and, yeah. And I really, you know, like man. But like, like you got to you, you got to risk it. You know, you got to risk it while you can. You know, bef- before you get locked yeah. into mortgages and you know all the sort of like you've got to risk these things right and even even if you are in that space like i really do believe if you have a very clear vision on why you want to do it and it's driving you from a place that's so deep it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's pouring with rain if you've got a broken leg mm. like you know I've, I've been there like i mean like not even not even um like six weeks ago I broke two ribs in a training session at jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Like, it was on my, like one of my float stick ribs, another one, because I just moved the wrong way. And, like, I, I remember, like, sitting in the sauna, and I was just like, I was like, no, I should pull out of this jiu-jitsu tournament. I've got it in three weeks. So mm. I've got two broken ribs. And then I was like, no, I, I, that is not the example I want to give to my boys and to the guys and, and to the people that I coach. So, Yeah. I mean, I don't advise training through injury, but you know that 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 was just. But you did. Oh, that, that's just the headspace. <laughs> no, but that, that was no, but that was the headspace that I was in. I was like, no, mm. this is bigger than me. This is bigger than me. This is yeah. me yeah. leading by example. This is me doing the hard thing. Mm. You know, doing the hard thing and and still preparing as best as I could to arrive at the tournament and 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 you know kick some ass. And it was. It, it just it, and I think that's the that's the real part that's hard for many people mm. is when you're not in that place of inspiration when you're not in that place of excitement like you're just waking up okay you're yeah. not sad you're not unhappy you're just okay but I think that that, that to me is death that to me is death yeah and it comes back to that old school of hard work you know like now you you've got an app for everything to get shit delivered to you don't even have to leave your fucking house if you don't want to like <laughs> you know so <laughs> yeah the, the mindset and with like you know on instagram and and you know like that got my head heaps like you know oh this person's making it that person's making it why aren't i making it being a victim like poor me blah 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 didn't make it in you know, yeah. whatever. But you, you weren't making it because you 
went like on your Ferrari and an Armani suit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I know a few people with Ferraris always, and I was like, if you guys do this, I'm like, what the fuck, man. Yeah. The one, the one, the one lady, the one lady said to me, she's like, I can't afford the paint job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, like, okay. Yeah, they're not <laughs> cheap. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, right? Mm. But you're right. Mm. You're right. It's, 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 uh, but it is the mind, right? Yeah. It is the mind, and, mm. and that, and that. You know, yeah, it comes back to control of the mind. Mm. It will run away. Mm. It'll run away with stories that, you know, like, I even had, like, and that's, that's part of the reason why I like doing hard stuff, you know, like jujitsu tournament. Because, mm. like, it always makes me laugh because they call us players. I'm like, we're not here to play. Like, I'm here to break that dude's neck, basically, <laughs> unless he taps. Like, I'm going to break his head off. Mm. You know, but, and it's so funny because, like, I got asked the other day. I got asked the other day, like uh, by one of one of my clients, like what, like what do you think about before you walk on the mat? And I was like, oh, I've never really been asked before. And like, okay, well, what do you? And I was like, effortless violence. And they were like, whoa, that's a bit strong. And I was like, well, it's like. <laughs> it's like kill or be killed. Really. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you're going to war. But, but I think the, the, the other side to that is the control of your mind. It's mm. like you can let your mind run away and be like, this guy's faster and stronger and bigger. Or you can just, you know, you can do what you do, which is go back to your training, mm. you know. And that and that is why, you know, I firmly believe, uh, <laughs> you know, and again, like, this is all through learning and, and, and reading and, and experimenting and that mm. sort of thing. If, if you're not... If you're not exposing your stuff to, to hard stuff or yourself, you're not exposing yourself. And that, that doesn't have to be something physical. It could be something mental. Mm. You know, um, hey, like, I need to have this hard conversation with someone. If, if you're not constantly doing hard things like that, you do. You, 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 know, you, you become inept. You, mm. you can't function. You, know, you, you, can't, you can't function when it really counts because the mind is, you go back to your lowest form of training. Which is, I oh, know I can't offend that person, or I oh, know I can't, you know, oh, I'm scared about that. And, and it's just the brain telling mm. you stories, 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 stories. And that, that was a part that I struggled with a lot, especially in, in the UK, where I never, I, I, like, people would talk around, and I just feel like, so what do you actually want me to do? Like, yeah, that was a big uh, thing. Like, they'd think. I was like, okay, like, I must do this, and, and I really struggle with that. But, but mm. again, the more I, the more I, I worked on, on how to talk to people, you know, instead of just being a blunt cleaver, <laughs> like engage them and really find out, and, and it became easier and easier. But again, it, it's a, it's a training, you know, mm. it's a, and, and, and that's, that's why doing that hard stuff, learning and, and constantly, constantly experimenting, mm. you know, mm. uh, that, that's what I, I look at my, my life every day, and I'm like, love being held, like. <laughs> how have I ended up there? You know, I always giggle to myself, but, but it's it's not not by luck. You mm. know, like mm. not by luck. Like uh, laboring under correct knowledge is what I call luck. You know? Yeah, I like that. I like that. So I, I stole that quote from a, from an oil baron. I was yeah. reading this thing about this like oil dude, and he was like, "Yeah, no, you know, I don't have luck. I have luck." He's like, "I labor under correct knowledge," and I was mm. like, oh, "That's, that's true, yeah. That. yeah." Yeah, and it, it, it is. It's just, but. <laughs> It's all that mental work. Mm. But it's all that mental work. 
you know, the little, the yeah. journaling and, and taking the time to look inside yourself and go, okay, well, how could I have been better today? Or, you know, how could I have just um, dealt with that situation a little bit better? And also patting yourself on the back and going, oh man, well done, look how far you have come. Because mm. that's probably the hardest thing that we do, especially at people that are trying to achieve a high level or, you yes. know, we're all elite, like, we're good athletes and pushing it. So we always want to go go to the next, next, and instead of just going, whoa, yeah, hang on. Well done, buddy. You've done a good job. Mm, yeah, you know. well, even like, I, like I, I, I was thinking about it the other day. I, I was just, I mean, looking back. But, you know, mm. I was like, shit. Like, I'm, I'm doing okay. You know? like, and I, I was kind of giggling because in my head I was like, I don't know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say that I was having an off day. I just, like, I, I didn't feel like I hadn't been sleeping well. Like, I'm, I'm still adjusting mm. like, to the rhythm of things here in Spain. And, you know, mm. like, I'm, and I was like, but again, it's that victim mentality. Oh, I'm tired. I was like, hey, bitch, go, you know, get get back in the box. And then I was, and, and then and that's it's just tools, right? It's, it's a tool to go. Okay, actually, just just write a list of things. Twenty words in the last the last month. Mm. Twenty words, and I just started writing, and it's amazing. It's like it's like uh, you know, it's like taking the, you know, like that uh, what's it, silicon bank. Cleaning a grease on the stove. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really cool I'm actually pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Funny, right? Look what I've done. And, yeah. And, 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 and that celebration, you know, that, that and, and especially when, you know, especially when things are not going right, and, mm. and that's that's one of the one of the big big things that I really, um, you know, one I pride myself on, and, and two I really try to instill people that I come into contact with, you know, I'm, I'm a huge uh, Dr. Martin Luther King fan, um, you know, very, I mean, superbly smart man, mm. you know, that, that was taken too soon, and, and he has a, you know, I, I know a lot of quotes and stuff, but it's just stuff that I always write down, he, he had a really interesting quote, I, I really hope I don't mess it up for your listeners, and someone comes back and goes, but, you know, it's essentially, you know, in short, he's like, if you can't run, walk, if you can't walk, crawl. But mm. whatever you do, keep moving forward. Mm. Mm. You know, and 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 I think it's a great way to to approach your day, your life, anything really, because it's not you know it's not always going to be Amazon Prime speed. You know, it's not always going to be delivery speed. It's just not it's not reality. You know, you know and that's what everyone to, wants. You're going to have to upskill yourself in, in some area to to reach a new level. You're going to have to take a step back here, to recognize this, and then move forward. But it. it <laughs> Keep moving. Don't we've, have one, one foot in front of the other. You talked a little bit earlier about meditation, and I think that yeah. can be implemented into that quote as well. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can sit still and you can be in the present moment, and you can be actually undoing a lot of stuff and moving forwards. Mm. Like, or you can be one thing that really struck me. I've been studying yoga a little bit lately, and it was oh, the yeah. ya- the yamas and niyamas, and you know, one of the main kind of posts of these 10 pillars of yoga is non-stealing. And I always thought non-stealing. Yeah, I don't do that. I don't steal anything. Like I'm a good person. And then I was like, well, hang on a second. I'm reading this book and it's like when you're thinking into the future or when you're reliving your past, you're like stealing from the present moment. Mm. And I was like, oh, man. It's funny, right? You call yourself. Yeah. Straight away, and I, yeah. oh man, I find myself doing that all the time. I'm like, I'm like, boys, come tidy your stuff up, and then I look around, and they're my, they're my 
duck rings hanging up on the thing. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Telling stories. Yeah. <laughs> telling stories. Yeah, but it, you know, and then, you know, I really, I really, um, that that's so cool, man. I love, I love that. Mm. Uh, yeah, that that but it is. It's, it's the ability to take time to think mm. and, and and spend time in that in that space and just question things. I never do. Mm. Something I was never able to do pre twenty sixteen was was just sit. Mm. You know, because I was always I was always onto the next thing. Okay, what have I got to uh, looking after teams and okay checking in and taking phone calls from people. I just set no boundaries, and then the minute I actually sat still in November twenty sixteen, I fell asleep for an hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> like what is going? And as you realize. You know, and, and the more I've spent time looking into the brain and the prefrontal cortex and oxygen and all this stuff, like I, I, I'm so excited about what I get to do on a daily basis because, like, I get to learn so much from amazing people and read, and I'm just like, wow, mm. you, you, like you, we live at light speed, mm. you know, and, and again, it's hard because you see the Elon Musk's and you see the, you know, the. the, mm. the Gary Vaynerchuk's and everything like that, but I guarantee, I know for a fact, I know for a fact that they are hyper vigilant on sleep, hyper vigilant on their vitality, hyper like just splitting up those three channels, mm. you know, and, and and controlling the inputs that go in there, and anything that they do with their time is a brick in building, you know, it's a, it's a brick in, mm. in, the, in the wall. It is. And, and that, that, that I really believe is, is the superpower, is the ability to take half an hour and in half an hour do what most people take four hours to do because mm. there's no distraction. You know, it, it, it always makes me laugh because the, 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 a, lot of the, a lot of the men that, that start working with me are like, oh, I don't have any rest days in my program. I was like, nope, no rest days, especially, especially when you start working with I'm letting myself down. I'm not living my best life. Yeah. 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 yeah.
laugh, especially in a coaching game. Is, and, and it always makes me laugh because people are like, oh, okay. like, not everyone has amazing results for the work that they do, you know, with them because they still have to do the work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. I, 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 I can, I've, I've got multiple coaches around the world that I can call up and ask to write training programs for me, which I've done before and I've, I've done stuff all of them, mm. you know, because I just, one, one I was like, oh, I want to, like, some random idea that I had, I was like, oh, I want to do a bar muscle up, you know, so like got all the guys from Power Monkey and I was like, okay, like I know you've got your programs on your app or whatever, but I was like, I've got this, you know, broken collarbone thing that wasn't looked after. I've got all this other stuff. I was like, can you design me? And they didn't. I didn't, fuck all. I didn't do the program. I <laughs> <laughs> didn't do it. And then, and then I actually, after about six weeks, I was like, actually, you know, I really have no interest in doing it. <laughs> no interest. And it was just like, I was just like, I just, does, it doesn't excite me. It didn't excite me learning yeah. how to do it at yeah. the time. And, I, I, and all, all that I'm trying to point out is, is like so many people start down the path on stuff that really, doesn't make them happy. Doesn't make them excited. Like uh, you know, oh, I want a six pack. Do you understand how miserable most of those fit pros are? Mm. And they have eating disorders and the amount of drugs they take mm. <laughs> to get into the shape. It is unrealistic. You know? Yeah, that's and, it. Yeah. And, that, and that unfortunately is where many people start out. You know, there's just no realism, in, and and I'm not diminishing anyone's anyone's drive or motivation to begin with to to change their path in life not diminishing that but you have to have realism and that's where that's where i 100 percent believe in investing in coaching you know go to someone who has the result that you have you know or speak to a number of people and learn mm. like, be prepared to put your money where your mouth is and fucking learn yeah you that's know, it because, you know if, if i could afford it i would i would i'd hire jeff bezos and just go okay cool like tell, tell me how you did this thing you know like that that's what i do because the, the, that's just the headspace that i'm in you know mm. find the best people that i can afford and learn from them mm. you know for the period of time that i need and and yeah that that's kind of you know what yeah that, that's why i get so excited about coaching and, and life really is because there's like i guess if there's one fear that I have, it's not being able to learn everything, which is crazy. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, yeah. The more you learn, yeah, the more you learn. That's probably the one thing that I, if there's one thing that wakes me up in the middle of the night, is that. It's like, oh my God, I don't have time to learn everything. No. You know, like, that, that's the one thing that scares me, you know. Our conscious um, knows it all. What, yeah. Yeah. Sure. But what, 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 I mean, what, what scares you guys? Like, what, what? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's it's probably um, just uh, I probably just come. I probably wasn't living the life that I thought I should have been, you know, and doing the stuff that I should have been. And it's probably like the last four months I've probably been able to fall asleep a little bit easier because I am, I'm, I'm helping people get healthier and I'm helping the earth get healthier and I feel like I'm in alignment with everything and you know, I'm talking to people like yourself and doing this podcast yeah. to help people hear stories like yours and know that, you know, they can get through it and you know, there's light on the other end of the tunnel and stuff like that. So for me, you know, it used to, it was, isn't my like, have I done enough now? Like you said before, if I died today, I'd feel 
comfortable that you know I've been a good dad to my um, my son and my daughter Bo and Luna and you know they've had some good education that way and and yeah I've done what I've you know of helping people and stuff like that so for me I'd, I'd you know if I did get hit by a bus and hope I don't and I'm here for a lot longer because I've still got amazing yeah. stuff to do um, I'd, I'd be quite happy just like how you said yeah but before that it was yeah not doing what I was meant to be doing in alignment it's, it's crazy right mm. and you ignore it so it's like pushing a beach ball yeah yeah mm. yeah yeah and then like mine used to come out because I'd just be an asshole to my wife I'd just be a dick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, you need to go and meditate. You need to go and do this. <laughs> and it's amazing because you are, you're just, you're just not, like you said, you're not, a, you're not lined up. And that, that's the thing that, that excites me and just blows my mind. Like, mm. like in so many ways, it's like, we don't have time. We think we do. Yeah. We don't have time. Mm. You know, so it's like, line up and do the things you want to do, man. Go to the places yeah. you want to go. Like, and that, you know, like you say, you said earlier, you were talking about like resources, finite, re- the only finite resource to me is time. Mm. I've, I've, like, I've never, I've never ever not been able to make money or, you know, like, man, I slept on the streets of Oxford for three weeks, but they always managed to get food. Mm. Like, I always rock up to the same Tesco. And the guy, like, I kept you three all day breakfast sandwiches, it's like, bonus. <laughs> I and I go and eat them and I go to sleep in the boathouse. You know, or wherever I could sleep for the night. Mm. Like, I was like, even then, you know, even then, just it always turns up, right? That's it, yeah. And I, yeah. I think, I think, uh, yeah. And and for yourself, just like like what what. Yeah, I was sort of going within there a little bit, thinking, yeah, I don't know that I've really, really felt into this that much before. Um, so I've had the man flu a few times. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if my wife's listening, she'll know that I'm pretty dramatic. And there's been a few times. <laughs> there's been a few times that I've said to her like, "Fuck, if I die today, I'm a happy man. Like I've achieved enough. <laughs> my family loves me. You know, I love you. If I die, it's all good." <laughs> She's like, "Fuck off, Tristan. You're not dying." <laughs> Um, That's amazing. I, I don't know what scares me to be honest. I, I think that there's there's a lot of things that scare me um, that that come up, and and I'm becoming more and more aware of of what they are, and just trying to let them go. You know, there's these all these material things like you you talk about of wanting to achieve and wanting to be enough and do enough things and all that, and then there's also this. I think there's this fear of just being too busy being caring too much about going here and going there and it's this willingness to just fucking sit and appreciate how fucking good this life is mm, mm. yeah no it's, it's it is man like i mean yeah. it's, it's like, all balance like, isn't it it's just all balance knowing how to do is what it? is it is there balance i don't know i think balance harmony is, is it, harmony well, I think so because you might you might go hard at one stage, like you know, for you like you've got your containers and you said okay, you got your work one and you're like, look, babe, for the next three weeks I'm going hard and I'm not I, I might not be around that much, but I just need to get these buckets full to get us to where we need to be. Like 
have you got my back in this, you know? Yeah. And she's like, yes, yeah, sweet, honey, go for it. And you, and you do that and then you come out and you spend time with your family and you, you know, yeah. and you get that. So it, it is balancing quality. it all. And, quality over quantity. Yeah, so you might spend sometimes more time somewhere, but then you bring it yeah. back and you, you, you balance it up. You balance yeah. those buckets up because your yeah. buckets will fall out yeah. of... Yeah, man. I think just because you just because you're standing on one leg and you're wobbling doesn't mean you don't have your balance. Yeah, no, no, no. But here's my counter to it, right? So one of one of my um, long long time clients, Desmond, um, super interesting dude. He, he wrote a book called Red Roulette, and um, so he, he you know uh, he developed the cargo transport area, the Beijing airport. Bulgari Hotel, and I mean, he's a multi-billionaire, fantastic human being. It's the biggest Chinese Asian man that I've ever seen. It's like six six. Like just missed out on the Olympics for swimming for Hong Kong and stuff. I was gonna ask that. You should get his. You should. You should get his book. You should get his book, Red Roulette. Um, he was interviewed, I think, uh, in Australia and stuff. Fantastic book. Essentially, you know, his wife was abducted by the Chinese Communist Party mm. and uh, disappeared into a black site. Still, just before the book was released, so he wrote the book as a memoir for his son to to understand essentially, you know, because there's a lot of stuff online and, and you know pretty nasty things yeah. that were that were said about her and stuff for yeah. him to understand, and then you know basically developed into this book. And you know, I mean, he was he was consulting the White House on you know how to deal with China and all this sort of stuff. I mean, he's, he's connected to you know, but if you didn't know him, you wouldn't know. One, his intelligence. Two, his wealth. And like just the depth of the human being. Like, mm. I have so much admiration for him. And we talk about balance, right? And I talked to him about balance. And he said to me, he said, how do you balance a scale? And I went, I was kind of looked at him, he's like, you want balance? Then you have nothing on the scale. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh. He's like, you got to go all in or you're all out. You know, there's no balance. There's no balance. You're either doing it, like you said, that three-week stint, and then you come out of it. You mm. know? There's, there's no, there's no balance, uh, so to speak. You know, you can't. And, and I, that always stuck with me because I said to him, I said, like, you know, like how, how have you built the amount of wealth? And I mean, the connections. I mean, the, the phone calls that this man has just blow my mind. You know, just, he's like, oh, I'm just talking to this dude and you know this guy here. And I just said to him, like, how do you get there? He said, well. I would have imploded if I had looked at the mountain. Like all I did was focus on the next step, mm, mm. the next step, the next step, and the next step. It's like that's all I did, mm. you know. And, and uh, yeah, fantastic human being. Book's amazing. But it's it just like these are the things that I think are, are so are so important for for us as human beings that you know connecting having conversation like we're having now mm. seeking out people that are far better than you mm. Mm. you know like not that you feel diminished or unworthy of them no but seeking them out and, and really when you see them and you learn from them they're just they're just like us they're just normal human beings they're yeah. just to me they just decided to take the path of, of hard work of mm. yes i'm going to struggle Yes, I'm not gonna, you know. Yes, I'm gonna have to go hard into the paint here for a bit, and yes, I'm. But eventually, you know, coming out on the other side, and you know, and and really, it, it's it's so interesting because it's the wealth is the 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 material. It's not even about that. No. It's, it's every single one of them. 
you know, whether, whether it's my guy Dave or my guy Andy, it's all, the, the same thing always comes through, freedom. It's all they want. It's all they want is freedom. They want the, the, the ability to just go away for a week and mm. not pick up a phone and not talk to anyone and not, you know, they, they, they've done the work to put themselves in that position. They just, they just do. They take, you know, like my guy David takes one week off a month. Mm. Just disappears. Just say, oh yeah, I hired a plane and I flew into the into the Moroccan desert and just disappeared with the Berbers for a week. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, are you crazy? He's like, yeah, no, we, we met some uh, Libyan freedom fighters along the way. I was like, geez, dude. I was like, you're gonna end up on YouTube, you know, like not in a bloody prison suit or something. Mm. And he's like, yeah, but it's it just it, the, the the freedom, you know, the freedom to do that, man. And and that it, it's interesting to me. And I don't know what your guys' take is on it, but it's interesting how we have been brought up and built to to believe that we don't have that freedom. You know, we, we that we can't just hey, I don't need to go to university. Yeah, like university was the wrong idea. One hundred percent was. Like I look at it, I spent eight years at uni. I mean, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> who does that? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that would say that about university, but it's part of the system, isn't it? It's in the schools. It's a good moneymaker for the government, I'm sure. Um, And, you know, everyone's getting their back scratched and the normal people like us, you know, get left with massive debt that you can never get rid of. And, um, yeah, yeah, it just gets passed on, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Yeah. It's, It's, It's a very interesting a very interesting concept to me because I always look at my boys and I'm like, you know, I like, you know, again, I don't know everything about the human brain, and, but, you know, I've spoken to some neuroscientists. And yeah, but you've worked with like a I lot look, of... I look at my boys and I'm like, I really, I look at, I look at my eldest and I'm like, school's not built for him. Because mm. <laughs> he just asks questions. He's like, why? Why do I have to do this? Mm. You know, he's like, why, why... I, I heard it like even at, at nursery like I, I mean it's so funny because Martha always she just shakes her head and laughs she's like you're really teaching him about the senate and Julius Caesar crossing the Rubicon what the figurative meaning of that is in his life and, and I was like yeah it's important you know I mean mm-hmm. like man you know we, yes we're not in Sparta but I mean seven years on from now he'd be flipping learning how to fight you know, mm-hmm. and, and fend for himself I mean he'd you know, more than likely be dying 20 years later as a 30 year old man mm. you know it's crazy right and it, it's, it's just I just I, I really feel that that like the freedom aspect has never been approached you know at school level like why aren't they like personally for me at school if they'd said accounting business psychology and like I was mind blown when I came to the UK I was like you do PE as a subject like as in you get marks in school for PE and the kids are like yeah I was like what is this I couldn't believe it you know I was like how does this work and you can do whatever and I was like I was completely mind blown and that's why I was like wow like I, I would really love to find a school where they like they let you like they actually evaluate you find out what you're strong in and let you just do that yeah. instead of you know history and all sorts of stuff that, that, that I think know, there's um kids, the, are, kids are smart kids are smart they're not interested they're not yeah. interested right the Steiner schools have you heard of the Steiner schools no 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 I haven't yeah so they yeah. they they teach more like that um Steiner the psychologist Steiner yeah yeah 
Yeah. Um, then, Interesting. Yeah, so he's Waldorf, Waldorf, the Waldorf schools, yeah. Have a look at them. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Because mm, they, they find what your talent, what you're good at, and then um, mm. focus it around that. To let you run with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah to let you run with it. Mm. That's really cool. So they're pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny, right? It's funny. Because I, I always look back at them, I'm like, I guess that's what gives me the hunger to keep mm. learning now. It's like I just have the access to it. I mean, so what, what are you guys up to with like your various projects and like with your stuff that you're doing with the, is it, are you, are you actually growing vegetables and just, what are you doing with like regenerating the earth? Yeah, yeah, so regener- regenerating the land, going into people's back, uh, like the, the urban, um, uh-huh. the urban jungle and, um, yeah. getting the soil health, um, better in people's oh, back oh, gardens. Yeah. Yep. So they yeah, can grow. Yeah, yeah. So they can grow vegetables and fruit trees and, you know, your flowers are blossoming and looking divine. And then you've got luscious green grass, nice and thick that you can roll (laughs) about on. And then when your kids go out and play with it, you know, play with that healthy dirt and all the microbes in the dirt, um, you know, then that goes into their tummy. They're not sanitizing. They're actually getting the dirt and yeah, shit yeah. down and, and it doesn't have That's to be amazing. kids and, and it can be yourself. So you go outside and you, you get healthy through playing in your back garden. Um, and yeah, then, so, so you're focusing on the gut health and combining that with the physical and mental and just yeah, the whole, the yeah, whole, the whole thing. Cause it's a, like, we're all one That's organism, right. aren't we? Like really like human bodies are made up of organisms. It's like yeah. 60% or 80% might be 90%. Like it's just all little organisms, aren't we? We're just the carrier for all yeah. these little organisms. So yeah, yeah. to say we're separate from earth is, That's amazing. yeah, um, we're all one. That's so, so cool, man. Mm, yeah, so. I, I, I mean, I, I kind of like, I mean, like full disclosure from my side, I, I do microdose with LSD, um, you know, two, three times a week, have done for the last year. And uh, I use magic mushrooms on microdosing, yeah. uh, like the week before tournaments. It's yeah, so weird. Uh, it's the best. The, yeah, it's, no, I mean it's weird. Like I don't like it's not. I'm not like I'm very vigilant um, because mm. I've got both drug and alcohol abuse on both sides of my family. Mm. So before I before I take anything, I always run through a little questionnaire that I've developed, and if I'm taking it to feel good. I, I don't I don't do it if I'm taking it out of insight or genuinely like I want to learn something or I want to gain some insight or I'm, mm. I'm going to work now like I'm very very vigilant of that because to me if I've got it on both sides of my family that that's genetic to me mm. you know that there's got to be something at a genetic level there so um, and it's it's interesting right that you talk about like that one organism like I, I think like the biggest thing that I've had like I've experimented with the with the dosages on the LSD. It was just like the melting of of just melting away and realization of like like you said that connection. Mm. Like I, I, yeah, just like it is. Like yeah, we are one. Something that I mm. yeah yeah like but something that I do here today could cause a thousand ripples. You know, mm. Mm. Uh, you know, and, mm. and, and, and that that was one of the biggest things that came out of it for me. And also that like the with the with the mushrooms. Um, I really found the ability, like it was weird. It was almost like um, it slowed everything down so well for me that mm. I could almost pick out the puzzle piece I wanted for the moves that I wanted to do. And mm. I was like, whoa, this is, this is wicked. You know, and so it was, and, and it's funny because um, my sister's the, you know, marketing director for a big, um, a big uh, shoe company here in Europe. 
and she's like, yeah, we microdose multiple times for you, my entire team. If mm. we don't, mm. we're behind. Mm. We're like behind. And, and, and it's interesting because like there's a lot of like, oh, are you taking... I'm like, no, I'm not getting high. <laughs> I'm not, you know, mm. watching the, you know, the clouds drop out of the sky like big, big sort of like <laughs> fluff balls of, of cotton wool. No, I'm, I'm and that's fun as well, I'm going to say. That is still barrier, good fun. <laughs> But yeah, no, but it, I, mm. think, I think there's a, there's a really big value in it. And I also think, um, yeah, think definitely. The, the, the microdosing has also helped me, I would say, work through, again, like I reworked through um, the hijacking. I reworked mm. through my, my attempted suicide. I've spent time, you know, like a little bit of a higher dosage, you know, but yeah. again, nothing that I couldn't stop myself from coming out of. Um, but it is really, really interesting, mm. right? That, that feeling of connection. Mm. That, and that's, that, yeah. That is so interesting. Connection to... So interesting to me. It like, blows my mind. I'm just mm. like, wow. Like, when you like look into like mushrooms, how they, like, they, like roots and stuff travel for miles. I'm yeah. Like, this is incredible. It's the messenger. It's the like, messenger from Mother it's Earth. Like it's, yeah. It's a little messenger. Unbelievable. I was mm. like completely shocked. I was like, whoa. And you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's led me down to watching and reading a few interesting books on the stuff and, you know, um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to go on like a foraging mm. thing. I've come, I've, I've come across, I've come across. It's coming. People in the in the break <laughs> in the break and beacons. No, no, like while I've been out there, like yeah. uh, you know, doing doing some hard training, like dudes just like sleeping out in the middle of nowhere, like, yeah. tripping balls. <laughs> like, what are you going? I know we're foraging. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have a pair of shorts and a t-shirt on. Maybe you slept with a night. No, just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can die in this part of the world, man. The spec ops guys die uh, in the heat and the cold like, all the time. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Yeah. Like, uh, and then there's some like you know SAS like Canada comes flying Fine, past yeah. the hill. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just like massive backpack on. Like you're like struggling away with his pack. And he's like running past you. It's a crazy place to break mm. It's stunning. It weird. is like weird. It's almost like a. That, that, you know, like it's like I always look at England's a hard place to live, man. <laughs> yeah. Country. Yeah. Country, like that, like, like I and it, it's no, like I always, always tease my English friends. I'm like, yeah, you guys are soft, man. But like, I'm talking about the the terrain. Mm. Like, it can turn really bad, like really bad, real quick. Yeah, it can it's yeah. A tough old place. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. So yeah, yeah. So we just go into garden to garden, and then we just start a, a community yeah. within that. Um, and then we're setting up healing gardens because you know how um, being out in nature it just helps you mentally and stuff like that. So certain yeah. people will put their gardens up to be classed as a healing garden, and then people that are in the program or hear about it um, can come out and work in those gardens and and um, have a session with us and. You know, whilst doing some physical yeah. activity, you know, and set some intentions or questions that they want answered, they're outside working with nature and then bang, something that always clicks, you know, and they're like, hey, 
can we work through this? And then the people, you know, then we sit down under a tree and, and, um, or wherever. Work, and help, work through cool. the stuff. Yeah. Work through the stuff. So, you know, we're helping. So, yeah, so you work, you work through, you know, the trauma. Yep. Just to, hey, I'm, I'm just really not happy with where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, brilliant. Yeah, so yeah, just. It's, it's, it's interesting, right? And I'm like, always, it's, it's so weird. It's like, I always, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a period of time, um, where my business was not doing well at all. And my wife was like, no, you know, you need to go and get a job. And I was like, I will fucking murder someone if I'm stuck in a cubicle. Like, <laughs> swear to God, I was like, I get fired. I yeah. give myself three days. <laughs> I was like, I'll kill someone. <laughs> someone will be wrapped with a flipping keyboard cord <laughs> Yourself. Being out in nature. Yeah, but it's also, it's, it's being, it's, it's something, for me, for me, being out in nature is just realizing how basically insignificant I am. That's always yeah. the thing that blows my mind. Mm. Being out in the mountains, I'm like, jeez, man, like, you go wrong here, you're mm. done, bro. That's it, yeah. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the amount of times I've been out walking in the snow, and it, it scared me a little bit, like, being up in the Pyrenees and seeing, like, like a paw print in the snow, and I'm like, that's definitely not a Labrador. Like, yeah. massive bear paw like this. Mm. Uh, you know, my father-in-law's like, no, 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 they're not, I'm like, man, it's hot now. They're, like, they're definitely not hibernating. <laughs> and then I go and Google, and they've reintroduced Slovenian brown bear into the Pyrenees. <laughs> and these things are like, yeah. these things are apparently like, the, like the, the French Pyrenees, like the farmers are complaining because these, these bears are just like murdering sheep mm. in front of the center. I'm like, well, kind of are the apex predator of the mountains, you know, they've got yeah. kind of their job. That's you it, guys all the wolves off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you bring these in. That's it. And it, it just, that, that's one thing about nature that always just blows my mind. Even being back in South Africa in the bush, there, you're just like, man, it is. You you just one foot wrong, right? Yeah. You, you realize how small yeah. you are. And then at the same at the same yeah. time, there's so many messages that you get from it as well. It's talk like it talks to yeah. us, you know. If yeah, you yeah. if you're prepared to sit yeah. still and and listen, you know. Mm. Yeah, it was, it's actually, it was really cool, like, at the beginning where you made the dec- declaration to, and, and that, that declaration's to, to all the uh, Aboriginal tribal yep. people of, of Australia. Yep. And I, I don't mean to sound, um, you know, like a uh, uneducated yet, but are there any other tribes or, of, of Indigenous people, or is it just Aboriginals in, 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 uh, in Australia? So there's Aboriginals and Torres Strait, Torres Strait Islanders. Okay. So, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, but every Aboriginal, um, mob is different. So they're not, they don't all speak the same language and stuff like that. So like they've all got their own little culturally type stuff. That's a little bit different. Um, so, which is amazing within itself, you know, Um, sometimes they're not even that far apart from each other, right? Yeah. As a, as a a mob. Yeah. 
mobs. Yeah, mobs. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So, That's so cool. So um, That's yeah, it's just a a thing, a, a nice uh, well, it's a respect thing to acknowledge them at the start of um, stuff like and, like and this. Have, have you have you yourselves gone and spent time with these individuals and learning from them or speaking to them or, or anything, or is it quite are they quite closed off to outsiders from outside community? It's something that we're really... I, I don't know. Yeah. Don't yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, no, no, it's... it's really no. Oh, well... well yeah, yeah. So, with... Yeah. So, with my connection with it, because um, I'm one quarter, is, you know, I... Amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't think I told you, did I? I didn't yeah. know that. Um, no. Amazing. Yeah, the, the, I think that's where I get my connection from land and stuff like that, and it's, it's so yeah. like that. But, unfortunately... Um, still there's still problems with the whites and the and the black fellas like you know it's 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 still pretty bad um Interesting, huh? yeah yeah and and you know if you look at the history and stuff like that you know we did the white fella did come in and just clean them out and it wasn't that long ago like so the and you know the the trauma that gets passed down generation and generation and how they've dealt with it um is still like it's so new and fresh still and yeah yeah so much more needs to be done and spoken about <laughs> yeah because it's still like uh, I, it's still bad yeah yeah interesting i didn't know that yeah it's really interesting i mean i think like south africa is also i mean you know i don't i don't have too much contact with back home because um, mm. well, back home i call it home but it's not it's not my home anymore uh, but it, i know when i left like it was still not the same mm. you know, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate and I, you know like don't get me wrong like you know I would, I would say that like like when I was hijacked like I was like I'm gonna, I don't want to lose my mind but the thing is that years later taking time to understand why taking time to understand the situation of mm. the country mm. more than likely that guy was just trying to feed his family yeah you know? and that that's the only way that he understood how mm. to do that was to go and take from someone else and unfortunately unfortunately for us you know in, in South Africa where there was a white government black government whoever was in power it, it, it helps them to keep people uneducated mm. highly stressed mm. and struggling yeah you know it, 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 just, it just does and control at the same time we had an AIDS we had an AIDS pandemic mm. you know, 24% population infection rate mm. in my age group category of like 18 I think it was 24 to 38 or whatever. And I mean, that, that wiped out generation of parents and grandparents. Mm. Essentially. So you mm. had these young children raising children mm. in terrible environment, like terrible environments, mm. you know, but at the same time you have communities of people, you know, like where my parents are that just don't see color. I was never brought up to see color. I was never brought up to see color. And, and they have, they have, you know, they have people trying to move down from the north of, of South Africa, set up their own, you know, white only towns, and they're like, no, <laughs> this is exactly the sort of bullshit that has kept this country so divided mm, for years. Yeah, mm. you know, like, and they're like, no, like we, and, and they just vote out the, they just, you know, as a community, they just put these things to vote and get rid of these guys all the time. Mm. You know, the, the secular, you know, white only communities, and it, it's interesting. I mean, I know, like. 
you know, I don't, I don't have any guilt about being white, you know, or, or anything like that. And I know, I know it opens a whole can of worms when it comes to, you know, all the stuff that's been going on with BLM and all that sort of thing. But I, I you know, I first and foremost, just be a good human. Yeah. <laughs> and human. Yeah. Like, that's how I look at it. You know, I don't, I don't even look at it as white, black, Asian. I'm like, mm. sure, we might have cultural differences, but we're still, we're human. Mm. Like, mm. we're human beings. Mm. You know, and, and I really, I'm always interested in, in old, like, ancient cultures, Aboriginal cultures, mm. Polynesian cultures, or, um, you know, uh, I, I, I would say that I get really drawn towards uh, Japanese culture. Like, I love the discipline of the culture. I love mm. the history of the place. I love just the, you know, the, just the excellence with which they do everything. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, if that country can get it right, why? Yeah. <laughs> why, why can't we, you know, why? And, and I think yeah. there's huge value in, in learning about civilizations and cultures. That, that's super interesting. I, 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 uh, is there is there opportunity within Australia to go and live with the Aboriginals, or is it yeah, yeah. quite a closed door? Yeah. No, no, no. There's so yeah, you could yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, it's really interesting. Mm, but there's there's more stuff um, happening. Um, one of my friends in Coolum, um, based in um, th- their family, does a lot of stuff out of uh, Brisbane and maybe Stratty Island, Stradbroke Island, and okay. Yeah. Um, they started to do some tours and stuff over there. And I think like, cool. even though I say it's still pretty bad, uh, people are starting now to step into the, their culture and, and be proud of being Aboriginal. Whereas before yeah, yeah. it probably That's wasn't really cool. so much. So like in that, in that yeah. essence, like that, that of, um, them doing that is really, um, yeah, people are, respecting it more but there's still a long there's still a long way to go i believe yeah that's really interesting i just i think like there's so much knowledge that can be used there right oh the the way they culture of people survive in a country like australia yeah sixty thousand years yeah sixty thousand years (laughs) yeah and like and here here we are trying to box people into concrete buildings and be like oh you need your vitamins and <laughs> you know, no man. You guys are going. Yeah. Just come get some from our soil. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, go live on the land. Mm. Yeah. It. It's interesting. Like I, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this. There's this yo uh, side guru. I, I came across him a few months ago. He's a yogi. <laughs> he calls it, yeah. 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 I've seen a lot of side gurus work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, side guru. I was, yeah. I was amazed. I was amazed by the like just like you mentioned all the topsoil and stuff. And I was like, oh damn, and I was super interested. in and what he was doing yeah, and man. I started reading a few of his books and stuff like that you know like Inner Joy and Inner Engineering and that's, I'm just like whoa like and what I really like I'm very careful about who I listen to and read from because there's a lot of fluffy woo woo you know <laughs> like I call them over caffeinated motivational speakers <laughs> you know like white teeth perfect hair they're like yeah like, yeah like the, the, uh, but it, he was really interesting because he, he my understanding is he calls himself Sai Guru, as in he's an uneducated yogi. He's like, I haven't read any of the texts. I've just gone and experienced, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, yeah, he's really interesting because he's just laughing all the time. Always, like, all the time. I'm like, this guy's hilarious. Yeah, you know, it's like, and so wow, wise. Come, you know, mm. Super, man. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. And probably one of the funniest stories that he mentioned was when he was riding his motorcycle across India. Mm. And he said he had like, 
but because he was riding so far, he had to take a link out of the chain every day to keep the chain tight. And then he stopped at like a shop that said mechanic or whatever. And he said the guy came out with a chisel and a hammer. And he said, oh, I think I better check what other tools he has. And he said that was all he had. He's like, yeah, sure, you might fix my bike, but I'm not going to be able to use it after. Yeah, yeah. You know, just chisel. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's pretty much sometimes how I approach things, chisel and hammer. You know? Yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> just go at it. It just yeah. made me giggle, you know. Yeah. It just made me giggle. So yeah. what, what's next in line for you guys? What, what's, what's exciting in the weeks ahead? Because um, it's winter now, right? Or is it... You, you uh, it's right. Right? Winter, like 25 degrees where you are. No, no, it's... Um... Did you say Wednesday night? It's always exciting. Yeah. It's Friday night. Friday it's night. It's the weekend. It's the weekend, yeah. And uh, just, yeah, just out getting... I appreciate the time on a Friday night. No, that's all right, mate. We'll wrap it up in a minute. Um... And, uh, yeah, just um, getting out and getting these gardens healthy and people healthy. That's yeah. Our, yeah, that's... Oh, man. And, and, uh, and is there anywhere that I can follow this online at all? Or? Yeah, we're yeah. the Rebel Health Academy. So you can jump okay. on the Facebook group and you can check in with all the podcasts awesome. on there. Yeah, we'll get... Okay. I'll send you all okay. the stuff. Yeah, it'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I love it, man. I'd love to check that out. Here's, um, we've got training. We've got training programs um, that we're launching, and uh, we're working with some of the local surfers. We're connected with the um, Cool and Board Riders, um, which is a nice two hundred group community right around the corner from us. Or yeah, just, literally like a kilometre that way. Yeah, that's it. Local surfers. Are you surfing well, uh, get in there. Surfing get in there. Get yeah, in yeah. there. Yes. <laughs> that's one thing I just got to do more of. <laughs> yeah. Decide what to use your time for, bro. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> there we go. We got to get him in the Just water more. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. No, it's, it's exciting, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Man. I love this. I yeah, love, it's I all love fun. What you guys are doing. Yeah. yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on. I hope I haven't like. No, man. Able to I just want, I just want you to leave. I, I know. We that's appreciate why I said that. Stupid stuff in my life. <laughs> no, but it's good, man. It's what. <laughs> What's one um, one thing you want to leave the listeners, like to go and a quote maybe? You say you're a, you love a quote? Yeah, I mean... Have look, you used all the good um, ones? Never, just never settle. Never, yeah. ever, ever, ever settle. If you're satisfied, you're done. You know, and uh, if, if you, yeah, comfort your enemy. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying don't have mm. you know enjoy nice things and that sort of thing but if you settle it's done you know you will naturally slip back to comfort and comfort is comfort you know uh, comfort in the material sense is not got not what got me in trouble comfort with just being a survivor mm. and miserable and resentful being comfortable as uncomfortable as that was being comfortable being there was what put me in the place that it did mm. you know mm. um, so just just don't settle never be comfortable and you know, just uh, what's the worst thing that can happen, right? What's the worst thing that can happen if you decide to change your life mm. and, and go after something that is inspiring? Mm. If you get 80% of the way there, it's 80% further than where you were mm. being an unhappy, miserable bastard. <laughs> 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 you know, oh. that's, that's the way that I look about it. Yeah. So, yeah, and just, um, you know, just, just be relentless. Be absolutely relentless with anything you do. Uh, whether it's looking after your family, looking after yourself, business, career, doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, I, I always, yeah, like I said, I've had many, many 
great coaches in my time and, and you know, one of the earliest things that was said to me at 13, 14 years old by my rowing coach was be a professional, get to work, you know, just be a professional, you know, and, and that's always stuck with me, um, which is, you know, yeah, and, and whilst I do take my, my job seriously, it's, it's also, it, it bleeds into every area of your life, be a professional, you know, get everything, because, yeah, get everything you can out of the day, everything you can, like, I, I really believe that that's the most satisfying scene mm. when you can answer the question truthfully, right? I've, I've done, I've got everything out of the day. Mm. You know, and then, then you rest well. So, yeah. Gentlemen, That's it. <clears throat> Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. That was meant. And I'm so excited for you guys. Man, I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah. I can't wait to see this grow. Yeah, it'll be yeah, good. Much appreciated. I can't wait Thank to uh, get out to your uh, ranch that you're living on. What a beautiful ranch. Uh, yeah, this, this is my, yeah, this is my in-laws place. It's, mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's paradise, mate. Mm. It's paradise. It's, uh, yeah, we're here for six weeks. Um, the house is, uh, just being finished up by December, which is just outside Barcelona. Yep. Uh, about 15 minutes. So we've got, you know, pool yeah. and mountains. And yeah, space man. And, yeah, Love that's it. wicked. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah that's it. All right, thank you, brother. Yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, be well. Have a great day. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye.